Thank you for listening to the Power Shift Mindset. We'll be discussing techniques, concepts, and strategies to help you achieve the success and happiness you're looking for. Hey guys, it's Coach Jay, and this week I have my wife Maria with me, and we have a special guest, 17-year-old Olympic archer Casey Cuffold. We talk how she balances still being a kid with competing at the highest level on the world stage. Hey guys, it's Coach Jay. I'm back this week, and we have a special guest, and I have Maria co-hosting with me. Shruti's not feeling well this week, and we have Olympian Casey Cuffold on with us. And Casey, welcome to the show, and thanks for doing this. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk with you guys. So one of the biggest things I've mentioned many times on the podcast, how I absolutely love the archery community. And since I know you've been in this since you were young, um, your family owns Lancaster Archery. And like I tell my Joe Ed program, we go to a local shop in Connecticut, but I tell them if you stick with the sport at some point, you'll be ordering something from Lancaster. Um, What is your feeling about the archery community as a whole? Um, just meeting people. And obviously you compete on the international stage, but I consider myself a little more than just the average hobbyist, but not quite to the international competitive level. But I've met people again from all over the country, all over the world. And uh, how do you, how do you like that archer community and how much it is a close knit community? To me, the archery community is big and small at the same time. Um, It's small because pretty much everybody knows each other, Um, at least within um, the states here going to tournaments. You see like the same few people every now and then. But then um, for me going international, like you meet all these new people from different countries and it seems so huge. Um, And then as you experience that more, you recognize faces each time you go so it like I said it's big and small at the same time and I I really enjoy that because you get to make some really good friends um and get to have like experience with new companies new coaches um new teammates as they come and go so it's um it's broad but it's small at the same time so I I like that uh, you really get to know the people within your sport yeah I know I've seen that a few times I mean Connecticut's a small state so we know everyone um I mean, unfortunately, like everything, there's politics in it. And with our state, there's like a, a fairly heavy divide between USA Archery and NFAA. But we're mm-hmm. we're part of that small pocket of people that cross over from both sides. And I remember going to Lancaster a couple of years ago and uh, my son's a year younger than you. And we walked through the hall and and you recognized us and said hi. And, and we didn't really know each other at the, at this level. And, and when we went to nationals in 19 out in, uh, out in Ohio, Katuna was actually staying in the hotel with us and she recognized mm-hmm. Brian in the lobby and didn't remember his name, but she's like, I know you from somewhere. It's like, I do archery. Oh yeah, that's it. And I mean, it's like a, a little kid, like a tennis player seeing Serena at the local court and recognizing <laughs> him. I mean, he was so excited that she knew who he was. Uh, yeah. One, one of the things that I want to ask you, how do you balance, and I say this with the utmost respect, being a kid and, <laughs> and being at the same time, I mean, an elite athlete and a world level athlete. And one of the things I'm most impressed with is at nationals, we have the team events and the mixed teams, and you can easily go up to Brady or Jack or anyone on the current team and most likely podium and very good chance at, at gold. I mean, you can go to, to Justin or Butch Johnson or there and take one of the classic, I mean, legends of the sport and shoot with them and most likely hit the podium. Um, but on that mixed team, I believe it's your boyfriend that you compete with mm-hmm. and and not to take anything away from him, but possibly sacrificing a, a medal run, but you still 
go for the fun aspect of it rather than the metal. And how do you, how do you balance that when it is just fun? And then when it is in preparation for the highest level? Yeah. Being a kid in a sport that has like a high level to it, just where I'm at with competing internationally, I like to have that balance of fun and serious. Like I'm really serious when I'm at my international competitions, whether it's nationals or whatever. And, um, I, there is those times are, is when I apply the serious, like, okay, let's focus on what my goals are. Let's achieve it. Let's go. And then the times like mixed team, like you were saying, that's, that's the extra fun part of archery. Archery is always fun for me, but that's the extra fun part where like the medals don't necessarily count. It's more about having fun and enjoying competing with all these other great archers. And, um, I, the past two nationals, um, where they've done mixed team, I've competed with my boyfriend, Stefan Savin. Um, he's actually a, um, student at Texas A&M. He's on their archery team and, um, he made junior use at this year for recurve. And so he's a good competitor. He was just stepping into the senior nationals to see what it was like. And so, um, we decided to have fun and do a mixed team and yeah, it's just a good way to kind of relax and have fun and still have that competitive drive to it as well. I loved your matching outfits and everything. It was wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We like to add a little flair to it. Um, this year we did like country themed outfits. We did boots. Um, we had a cowboy hat and shirts that said um team boot scoot and boogie was our name so yeah, yeah i like think, to keep it fun i think brady was checking on the authenticity of your of your western look your country look <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's um he grew up with that sort of stuff so he was like oh you're not wearing your hat right or whatever whatever but yeah it's just fun to kind of have that um i would say like more fun and less competitive side to it to just blow off steam you know yeah. When, when did you start archery and what made you want to start archery? So I started shooting just recreationally when I was about three years old. Um, wow. My father got me into it. He, like you said, um, started Lancaster archery when he was young and his family had been shooting for a generation. So for him, it was a, a family thing. And so he brought it to uh, my brother and I, when we were, I was three, when I started, Connor was about two when he started. Uh, maybe a little younger even. And that was just supposed to be for fun, like nothing really serious. And then once I got to about eight years old, um, I joined our Joed program here at Lancaster Archery Supply and I started competing and I really liked it. Um, So since then I started with small local competitions and then I shot my first nationals when I I was probably 10. Um, And then when I was 11, I podiumed for my first time and then I won the nationals when I was 12, um, at 30 meters. So that was when I was really getting into it and I knew I wanted to compete and eventually make a big world or Olympic team someday. Now, I know your, your brother's gone back and forth from compound to recurve uh, right now. He's on recurve mainly. Um, right now he's actually shooting, um, collegiate bow hunter. Uh, so he'll be shooting that for the classic and all the collegiate events, but then for the USATs, he'll switch back to recurve. So do you ever uh, bump the boyfriend off the line and, and shoot with your brother on a mixed team? <laughs> um, I might one day. Who knows? Um, yeah. I don't know if Connor will continue to shoot uh, compound or if he'll do some more recurve, but we'll have to wait and see on that one. That, that's one thing uh, why I had Brian shoot nationals in 19 at 14 years old, just so mm-hmm. I can shoot on a team with him. I'm, I'm waiting for Dylan, who's still a little 
small to get him out to 70 meters. Um, okay. he's, he's got to build up those arms, but just once I want to shoot on a team with, with my two sons. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's the fun thing about this sport that you can do it at any age and mm-hmm. you can, I just had a memory come up on Facebook today where I, I scored with, with Butch. I mean, he shoots out of the local shop here. So I, I see him, uh, often, um, I was on the line with, uh, Jacob Wookie in mm-hmm. the, in the, uh, the elimination rounds. I wasn't shooting against him, but he was on my bail. Uh, I've shot against Crispin I and mean, he, he mm-hmm. made easy work of me at Lancaster a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's a great sport. And like I said, that, that community is, is very small. Um, when I went for my level three, uh, Roxanne's the, the lead coach here at, at Hall's Arrow in Manchester. And, uh, she recommended I go down and to Heather and get my level three with her. Uh, you are actually there at our, at our, my class. Um, when we went down to state games of America, uh, my wife needed a 70 meter site and I messaged your father saying, Hey, you mind if we stop in? And so she can just take a couple shots and get her mark. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Just let Heather and Brian know. And she went over to the practice range, got her, her site tape in line, went over to the field, hit her first shot in the yell. And she said, okay, I'm good. Didn't need any more than that. I think <laughs> so. I got more distracted with the rabbit that was hopping around in front of the bale. <laughs> <laughs> I have yeah. a couple but, of photos with but it. That's too. where I've seen like the community together, um, which is really nice. And like you said, you get to see people from all over the world. Uh, mm-hmm. Now you started in gymnastics, right? Competitive, I wise, competitive wise. How does yeah. that? How does the competitive aspect and the mind game, the mental game of that, translate to this? I know I've seen things where obviously you make a mistake in gymnastics, and it could have a lot more. Uh, a lot more of a negative impact than hitting a, an arrow in the red. Um, I mean, yeah. injury, <laughs> injury and whatnot. Um, but how do you take that, the mental side of gymnastics and apply it to this? Yeah, they're, um, they're very different sports, gymnastics and archery. I look at gymnastics as more of a performance sport where you're graded on how you do something. And archery is an outcome sport where you're graded on the outcome of something, not necessarily how you do it. So um, it was very different transitioning to that sort of sport. I had always been used to like the more artistic performance style. Um, And for me, it kind of helps to think of it that way still. Like think if I shoot a shot that looks pretty, it's going to be in the yellow or in the 10, wherever I want it. And so applying that sort of mentality to it definitely helped me think more about the process, not necessarily like oh I have to shoot however many tens or I have to shoot this score to win it just made me focus on what I'm doing not what not where the arrows are going and um it's definitely different as far as discipline uh in gymnastics if you were to be lazy it would the consequence would be you get to run five laps around the building um where (laughs) in archery it's just like if you do something wrong it's like okay we're gonna work that out or let's not do that next time let's focus on something more positive like it's just a a different environment of intensity I guess you could call it and it definitely took some time to get used to but I think that's why I'm so self-disciplined is from that experience in gymnastics transferring to archery. Now, where where's your favorite place that you've traveled internationally to shoot? I'd have to say the Netherlands or Turkey. Um, Turkey is a very diverse country. I've never seen a place with so many things to offer. Um, like the stages that everybody shot their finals on was right next to the beach. Um, we stayed at a place more in the city and then um, we drove out one night to a canyon and then you can ski 
in the winter. Like, it's just like crazy how many different things there are to do there. And so we didn't get to do all of that, but it's just um, really impressive to see what all it has to offer. And then um, the Netherlands, I really liked because it's, it's very clean and like well put together. Like mm-hmm. everybody's lawns were perfectly like um, mowed and the bushes were like all shaped all nice. And uh, <laughs> the people were very friendly. I found that um, they're just really nice people to talk to, like even just going into a ice cream shop. So I like places like that that have um, things like surroundings that are nice to look at and nice people as well. Now, you're in your senior year of high school, right? I am, yes. And, about and, and you actually go to school. You're not doing homeschool or anything like that. You're So when you look at these high school events like senior prom and stuff like that, or even graduation, when they, if they, the calendar, obviously with COVID and everything just completely is all over the place and can be changed last minute. If one of those overlap with an archery event, which one do you pick at this point? Because you're only going to get one graduation. You're only going to get one senior prom. And we are and a couple of years out from like Olympic trials, it's not like it's an Olympic year and you have to hit the, the trials and stuff like that. If something fell on one of those events at this point, which one would you pick? So actually right now, um, the first world cup I'll be going to this year is in South Korea and it is scheduled over my senior prom and I'm definitely choosing to go to South Korea. Um, it's, it's the first time I will ever have ever gone there. And, um, I think it'll be neat to compete against the Koreans in their home country. Like I know that a lot of, um, international competitors look forward to coming to America to compete like head to head against the Americans in their country. So it'll be neat to do that there. And I think, like, even though, yes, prom is important to a lot of people, but just me looking at it in the long term, like what's going to make me better with what I want to do. And that's definitely going to compete. Um, right now, I don't have anything scheduled over my graduation, which I'm pretty happy about. Um, Cause that's like another big thing. Uh, just moving away from high school and towards college graduation is a, it's important to me because I've, I've worked really hard through my high school years, especially with traveling and everything. So I'd, I'd like to walk with my class and get my diploma and everything like that. So as of right now, um, prom's off the table because I would rather go to Korea, but graduation is still on. I know there was a, a big announcement this week with Mackenzie switching over to compound. Now mm-hmm. there's two ways of looking at it. Obviously she's one of the top shooters on the women's side. So she's one of the ones that could bump you off the, the top three in that case. So there's, it gives a little more room for you to get in, but at the same time, she's that strong teammate that you want there with you when you're looking for that, the team rounds and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. what's the feeling of, of losing a strong teammate? like that but at the same i mean it's one of those things like a couple of years ago uh i can't remember who it was but i don't remember if it was brady or uh zach but two of our three shooters had to shoot one of them had to knock the other one off i can't remember who it was mm-hmm. i believe in rio and just that's how it lined up so you, you never you don't want to compete but at the same time you are competing for those spots on that olympic team or even the world team mm-hmm. um, so is there mixed emotions that, oh, there's there's the tough one that I've always had trouble getting by. And then at the same time, you want that strong competitor by your side when you're going in as a team. Yeah, she's she's definitely a great competitor and brings a lot of experience to the table. So that's something we'll definitely miss. And um, I know that she's making the right choice for her. So I'm I'm happy for her for going with what she 
wants to do. And I think 3D will be, I think she'll be very successful at 3D. She's um, shot a compound with hunting for a while. So she'll apply it well to 3D archery. And um, although it is sad to see a teammate go, it's like, uh, there's nothing I can do about it. You know, like she's, right. she's her own person. And so I, I'm, I'm happy for her with whatever she decides. Oh, we always see that, that changing in the guard. I know I talked to to Butch at the shop and Butch's last Olympics was Brady's first and they, mm-hmm. they shot with each other. And I know Brady credits Butch Johnson a lot for, for a lot of, uh, he's kind of like his, his mentor, not necessarily his coach, but the guy he goes to for those tips and, and stuff like that. Um, mental game. What do you do to work on your mental game and what would you recommend for youth archers looking to make that jump? I know Brian casually, but at the same time in the back of his head is thinking, I mean, 28 in LA, I mean, he's, he's got a long way to go for that, but what would you recommend for youth archers that are looking to make that jump and make this more than a hobby and to really make those push for Olympic teams or world teams? I would say to just find a process that you can really stick to. Um, I, it took me a while to find a routine like to do during my shot in my head that helped me. Um, sometimes if you have too much of a lengthy process, it gets distracting. And if you don't have enough, then it's like, you're not really applying it much. Um, so I would suggest for me, I have, um, kind of a little string of words that I say during my shot process. That way I have something to think about other than, um, where that arrow might go or, um, something like overly stressed about my form. Like I know, I know that I know how to shoot an arrow. I've shot enough arrows that it's um, almost subconscious and natural for me to just shoot a good shot. So I like to occupy my mind with something else. That way I don't think about other variables I can't control. And so I would suggest just finding, finding that process that works for you. And then um, there are other books, um, other resources like books that help with that. For example, um, oh, sorry, I have an alarm, my bad. Um, for an example, I, um, I read With Winning in Mind by Lainey Basham. Um, he's a rifle um, Olympian and world champion. And a lot of his methods can apply to archery just as easily or any sport really. Um, so I would definitely suggest reading that book and just coming up with your own little system to run. Uh, Heather's your, your main coach, correct? And then Brian Brady, is he one of your coaches? I know he works with the Joe ed program. So how do you, cause just going back to me taking my level three class with them, Heather Mm -hmm. has a much more serious personality and Brian is anything but serious. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's serious, but he, he is definitely the, the comic relief that you need. Mm-hmm. How do you, how do you balance working with, with the two of those? I mean, Brian is great. I can see how well he would work with, especially youth archers. And obviously you're mm-hmm. not the little kids, but I can see uh, in personality wise, he, he doesn't put much stress and pressure on, on anyone. It's, it's, it's a lot more about that fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I work with mainly three different coaches. Um, I work with Heather File and Brian Brady here at Lancaster Archery. And then I also work with um, Dick Tone, who lives in out in Arizona. Um, He was Jay Barr's um, coach, and he continues to coach um, other kids and such. But um, it's kind of each of them are kind of different levels of intensity. Um, you have Heather, which is kind of the in-between, um, she can be serious and she can kind of have that comic relief in there too. But her main goal is like to help me achieve my goals. 
um, whether that's mentally with form, uh, with outcomes at tournaments, whatever it is, like she's there to help me. And then um, Brian, he's kind of like the more lighthearted, fun side of it. Um, he likes to make a lot of jokes, keeps good conversation going. So I don't get necessarily like, I don't overthink um, while I'm shooting, like he keeps it light and fun, uh, but still has a lot of good drills and a lot of good um, methods to apply different parts of form or a mental aspect that I've been working on. And then Dick Tone, he uh, is probably the most intense out of all of them, not in a bad way. He's just very like, to the point, this is what you're doing, like keep you on track. Um, he's still a super nice guy, tells a lot of good stories, but he's definitely more to the point than um, anybody else. But all together, it's a good mix and I'm very grateful for all their help and everything they've done for me. Now, I have a question for you. And this is, um, it's like a question that Jason probably wouldn't think that I would ask. But, it, you know, uh, you have your father is at the store, you know, he owns Lancaster Archery. Mm -hmm. How much of teaching has he done to you? And how is it if your father ever had to teach you? How was it? Uh, I know a parent teaching a kid is completely mm -hmm. different. And we have that with Brian and Jason because he is the coach for Brian right now. Mm -hmm. And we see a lot of friction that, especially when they were in action and nationals, they were shooting face to face. Uh, mm -hmm. Brian, the next day, he shot 50 points. 61 points. Yeah, better. better because they weren't shooting together. And I felt the tension. They were just upset, you know, with each other yeah. all the mm -hmm. time. So how much of that you think affects? Uh, did you have that experience with your dad at one point or not? Yeah, so I I was coached by my father up until I was about eight or ten around in that age. And then I started working with um, academy coaches like Heather. And he still um, coached me a little bit after that, but not as um, intensely, I guess you could say, as the beginning. Um, I experienced the same sort of friction, as you said, um, just sometimes like, I don't know, for me, I, I see my parents every day. And so archery is kind of my escape in a way. Um, and then to have the same person I see all the time there when I go to my escape, it's just a little, like just the little things sometimes they say get, gets on my nerves. And it's not because I don't like them or I don't appreciate that they're trying to help. It's just like sometimes overwhelming to have that same person giving input all the time. And it's nobody's fault. It's just, it's just yeah. a lot of one thing, you know? And so um, I've definitely noticed improvements in my shooting when he's there more of as a parent rather than a coach. Um, when I have my parents at the tournaments, pretty much give me high fives, feed me snacks and water and we'll be good. Like that's, <laughs> that's pretty much what they're there for in my mind. And it's always good to have them there. I love that how much my parents support me and how much they care about um, my goals and my achievements. And it's great. It's just sometimes you need a little bit of relief and you need them to be the parent instead of the coach but that's just for me personally it could be different for you have had your father in the coaching box at some major events haven't you yes I have um and again like he knows a lot about archery so I am grateful for when he gives those little tips and tricks and it's helpful like during a match when I might not feel as much in my shot as I would say if I'm just practicing um, but for the most part, he's just there as a supporter and that's what he does. He says, good job. Um, he like tells me the set points. If I can't tell from 
back at the line. And um, yeah, he's just there to help. Yeah. It's, it's tough from a parent standpoint. It's, it's tough. I mean, we were at, mm-hmm. at NFAA indoor nationals and I don't know if you know how on NFAA you switch targets mm-hmm. top to bottom. Well, a very common thing, especially for younger or inexperienced archers that aren't used to that one. flip. Yeah. Oh. And that happened mm-hmm. to Brian. And it's like, I see what's going on. I know what's going on. And me as the coach was trying to get to him, but unfortunately mom as the mom got to him first, he didn't need mom or dad at that point. At that point, he needed coach to like wake him up and get him back on track. And it's mm-hmm. a tough balance from, from our side too. Uh, and like for your father to be looking at you saying, okay, does she need coach to go over there and, and give her a tip or does she need dad to go over and say, she's going to be okay. It, it's mm-hmm. not, it's not easy from our end either. Like I said, with, yeah. we had, I think we had 77 in, in the senior male recurve and Brian ended up on 36 D and I was on 37 C literally mm-hmm. shooting face to face with each other. I mean, we're on different yeah. bales. It's like, did the computer really need to do that? I mean, some, <laughs> somewhere they got to recognize. And then the next day, he literally shot 61 points better. And mm-hmm. not only do I need to be coach and dad, but I also need to be my own athlete. It's like, will you just yeah. be quiet and let me shoot? It's like, hey, how's my release? How's this? It's like, Brian, I'm trying to shoot too. It's like, so it, it, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's tough from our end too. I know, I know you get frustrated when he's interviewing you at the, at the classic, every other shot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just odd, you know, like. <laughs> standing up on the stage and then it's like I'm trying to like think about my shot like oh what can I improve on what am I doing good and then it's all of a sudden it's just hey Casey let's go over your bow setup like it's just like it's an odd dynamic but I I do enjoy that part of the classic it definitely helps you shake a little bit of nerves while you're up on the stage just kind of talk it out and not have to like hyper focus on anything especially when he knows what kind of setup you have anyways <laughs> you know it kind of feels odd to do that yeah but it's it's all fun so what what's your schedule look like going in in the next couple months i know we have I mean, the classics coming up the following week is is vegas i'll be going to vegas for the first time this year so i'm looking forward okay. to that uh, i know i just got the email for the arizona cup so i mean that's mm-hmm. a couple big ones right out of the gate for you this year right yeah, within the next couple of months, I have a, um, a few major tournaments. I have uh, the Classic at the end of this month, Vegas at the beginning of February. Um, at the end of February, I'll have Nationals. Um, March sometime, they'll do the Indoor National Final. Um, and then after that starts outdoor season, so that'll start with um, Arizona Cup. And then um, I believe May would be my next one. I have South Korea and then I go straight to Gator Cup. So that'll be the start of the outdoor season. Do you do any other games like uh, field archery? Have you tried any other stuff like that before? Or have you um, looked into I've tried it? field in the past just for fun. Um, I've never been as good as it, uh, as good as field or 3D or anything as I've been at Target. Um, I'm a, I'm a simple minded person when it comes to sports. So it's easy for me to say, okay, this is my distance. This is where my site needs to be. I just have to shoot however many arrows and whatever time and it'll be fine. Like two in the hole, uh, judge yardage, move your site. Like that all stresses me out a little too much. So I prefer when the target doesn't move. (laughs) And are you still do Joe Ed nationals as well? Um, Depending on when tournaments are scheduled, um, I would love to do Joe Nationals. As of right now, uh, there's a World Cup in Colombia scheduled over it. So out of the two, I would choose the World Cup, but um, it's up to COVID whether that might move or not. So we'll have to wait and see. That's that's for outdoor 
Yeah, for, that'll be yeah, outdoors. The, but the indoor Joe Ed Nationals would be the same weekend as your Nationals. So yeah, you, yeah. I'll still shoot um, indoor so, Joe Ed Nationals for sure. Yeah, so you'll shoot the three days. Yep. Yeah, And then what would, going into that, I know when I, I have my younger kids that are going to Nationals for the first time, usually, depending on how much they've been shooting, I'll tell the parents, just shoot Joe Ed Nationals. And this is one sport. I coached high school soccer for 15 years, high school baseball for 15 years. You did gymnastics. So, you know, you can practice your runs, but when it's competition times, they're so much faster. This mm -hmm. is one sport where game speed is slower. And mm -hmm. I can have these kids come to a Joe Ed class on a Sunday morning and shoot a hundred arrows in an hour. No problem. But when you have to shoot 60 arrows stretched over two and a half hours, if you're mm -hmm. not prepared for that, it wears the body down. And for the younger kids, to be able to do that three days in a row, what would be mm -hmm. your recommendation for, for younger or even, even adults? I mean, I told a, an adult in, a, in our club that was going to his first ever tournament. It was just a, a 450 round warm up tournament, but I, I told him, shoot three arrows, walk down, mm -hmm. shoot three arrows, walk down and get used to that pace. And even after it, he commented on how, wow, this is so much different. It, it, mm -hmm. it definitely hits the body harder. What would be, you recommend? Is it, I mean, we hear how you'll shoot 250 arrows. You watch Brady do interviews. Oh, today's my 500 arrow day. It's like, so we hear so much about arrow count, but pace is also a big part of it. Yeah. So in practice, I could shoot probably, I shoot about maybe 70 to 90 arrows in an hour, just at the pace I'm going shooting either three to six and in indoors and six to nine outdoors. And so it, it just depends on what your practice looks like versus competition. Like, I think, like you said, the, I think it's more of a mental thing um, with competition because when you're in practice, you're just like on that momentum and you keep going, keep going. And then when you shoot a competition, you shoot three arrows, you sit and then you think, and then it's like, okay, I got to go score. Oh, what's my score? I'm nervous about it. And then you go back and then you shoot again and then you sit and then you think. And so it's, not necessarily the physical aspect for most people. I think it's more of a mental thing because you have that little break in between the ends that lets you recover, but then you keep thinking in those breaks. And so I would suggest uh, shooting pretty much a simulation competition, if that makes sense. So you have a scorecard, you have a timer, and you have somebody else to shoot a double line with. So you shoot three arrows, somebody else steps up, shoots three arrows, and then you go score and then you come back and then you keep doing that until you shoot as many ends as a competition. So that way you know kind of what your pace looks like and what you need to do mentally or physically to combat that um, fatigue over time. Whenever you shoot any kind of competition, they're scoring and you can look at the scores and see how everybody else is doing. Do you ever look at those? Do you ever see? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Um, I, to me, it just doesn't make sense um, because I can't control what anybody else is doing. I can't control my own score. I can only control how I shoot the shots. So for me to like stress myself out over nothing that I can even control, it's just silly to me. So I always pay attention to what I'm doing and I try to keep my mind off of what anybody else is doing. Well, that, that's a big thing that I, I coach. Um, when I took over the Joe Ed program, I, especially with the competitive shooters, I do work that mental game more so than, than the previous coach that was there. Mm -hmm. And we actually had Paige on the podcast when we first started out and we talked about the difference between winning and success. And in that mm -hmm. particular year, Paige was the top shooter in 
indoor nationals. And then she went to Cincinnati at the time and won the shoot off. And then she mm-hmm. won NFAA indoor nationals. And then she went to the Arizona cup and won that. And then she went out to Reading with the plan of breaking the course record that she already owned. And she broke the course record, but then Linda Ochoa broke it by one point better than her. So mm-hmm. how can you say you weren't successful? You did everything you wanted to do. And that's mm-hmm. like, just like you said, winning and success are two different things. You can do everything right. And the other person does it one point better than you, or you can have mm-hmm. the worst day possible. And they had a worse day than you. Yeah. To me, winning is what other people see. Success is what you yourself see. Like for me, um, my, my biggest achievement of this past outdoor season was a silver medal at world championships. And even though I didn't win, like that was a success for me. That was a win in my, in my heart, in my mind, because I, I did everything I could throughout the qualification, the matches. Like I worked so hard with my coach leading up and Heather was there with me through it all. And she, she looked at me and she said, you, you've done what you you've come here to do. I mean, she said, you worked hard. You got there, you shot as well as you could have. And Hey, you're coming home with a silver medal. That's a good job. And so even though I didn't win the whole thing, like in my mind, that was big success. What, what tournament or whether you meddled or didn't, which one are you most proud of your performance? I would honestly say that world championship, um, silver medal. I like, I have never felt so proud of myself. And I don't mean that in a bragging way. I just mean that in like, that was, that was a big goal for me. Like I, I hadn't had a good year leading up to that. Um, like I didn't shoot in the Olympics as well as I wanted to. And so that was kind of redemption for me. And that it made me feel like the archer that I, I had worked so hard to get to. Um, I have shot so many arrows in the past year of work so hard. And so to see it finally pay off, like I was just very proud of myself and my coach and, um, to have my mom there too. She was able to be there and, um, watch me shoot those matches and, um, even shooting against Ansan and winning. That was, that was insane. Like to say you won a match against an Olympic champion, that's, that's, that was big for me. So out of all the shoots this year, that would be the one that I'm most proud of. And what's the one that you want back? One that, one that you'd want. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned the Olympic games. But the, yeah, is, is that the as one? much as it pains me to say it, I would say the Olympic Games. Um, it's it's sad it's sad to me um, to put in all that work and then get to the biggest stage in your sport and feel like a different archer while you're competing. Um, my shots did not feel as they normally do mentally. I was not as strong as I would have liked. Um, but even though in the moment, it felt like the worst thing ever. Looking back on it now, I pretty much learned as much as you could ever learn from an archery tournament. And so I can apply that to more than just archery. I can apply that to life. I learned so much about trusting myself, um, remembering what I've learned in the past, um, communicating with coaches, just a lot of different things that I can apply to just life in general and um, competitions for the future. And I think the Olympic games is part of the reason I had success at world championships is learning from that experience and being able to apply it right away. There was so many matches that 
that were so close that was like, is just, you know, it wasn't that you did bad or the other, it's just to happen that that one person did one point better or two points better, you know, it mm-hmm. just happened to go that way. Look at the young man from Turkey, how nobody expected mm-hmm. him to win the whole thing, you know? Yeah. And he surprised everybody and you never know what, what anybody can accomplish, you know, it mm-hmm. just that was the team, the team trials. We were, I was watching it on my phone while my Joe team was practicing. We were outdoors at the club and we're practicing and I have the team trials and you guys advanced by about three sixteenths of an inch. Yeah. The, um, <laughs> the last chance qualifier, that is probably the most nervous I have ever been. Oh my goodness. Like, even though I had already guaranteed my spot to go since I was first at, um, the U S trials, like I really wanted a team to go, um, because the team hasn't gone since 2012. And I was like, you know, I feel so confident about this at the time. Like I know the Olympics didn't go well, especially personally for me and the team dynamic. But prior to that, I had felt so strong about this team that we had. And so we went into the event and we were like, we know how to shoot a bow. We know how to do our rotation here. Let's just go out and have fun. And so we got out there. We shot great. Um, That little um shoot off was a little stressful but after that we just had fun and like you could kind of see it like we were back um between ends like telling jokes and stuff and laughing and having a good time and so um even though that little moment was stressful overall that was a really fun day of archery i know there's been talk and i don't know if it's unofficial talk that there's the possibility of compound coming to the games in la if they if they did an event, whether it be medal event or exhibition event, where they did a mixed team, mixed discipline, so you would shoot with Ooh. a male compounder, who would you want on your team? Yes, Ooh. I'm putting you on the spot. <laughs> That's a good question. Um, I'd probably say Jimmy Lutz. Um, he's so fun. Like he's just like he's like he's there to be serious about competitions, but he's also there to have a good time. And so like, he'll tell like a whole bunch of jokes. He has so many good stories. Um, and he's just a fun guy to be around. And I actually shot an exhibition match, um, with him against, um, Germany at the world championships as like a Passover, uh, because Germany will host the next world championships. And so it was just fun. Like we shot 70 meters and he was like, Oh, I've never shot 70 meters at a 122 centimeter before. So he was like, Oh, I was just like, Oh, you'll be fine. Let's just have fun. And so, um, yeah, he's a fun one to shoot with. And you mentioned the, the finals for USA archery will be in March. And those are usually held in conjunction with the NFAA internationals. Yep. I know you shot it a couple of years ago, not your favorite game. You're already in the <laughs> building. Do you shoot it or no? Um, it really depends on school. Um, since I'm doing in-person school, I, I don't want to um, have to go back home on Monday and miss that day of school because the um, indoor finals will be, I believe that like Thursday will be practice day and then Friday will be um, competition. So I can get back home over the weekend and then hopefully do school on Monday. But um, yeah, I just, I, I, I don't love um, NFAA the way I love target. (laughs) It's just, it's a different game and it's um, it's fun to change it up just for me personally. It's, it's not my favorite. (laughs) Do you shoot, do you shoot the local NFAA stuff? Like do you shoot your pencil? No, no, I, I haven't shot NFAA in probably uh three four years it's been it's been a hot minute <laughs> i believe the the nationals for field are actually gonna be in pennsylvania this year oh really 
really? I didn't know that. I, I believe so. I know we have a, a local guy who's a big NFAA guy who I be- mm-hmm. does those. Okay. Uh, thanks very much for coming on the show. And mm-hmm. I really appreciate the conversation. And I'll see you in Vegas. Um, yeah. We'll Thank you for having me. Uh, no problem. Thanks. Shift Mindset Podcast is for entertainment purposes only. While the suggestions, strategies, and practices we have given have been proven successful for our personal use as well as clients we have worked with, these recommendations should not supersede instructions given by any licensed professionals, including but not limited to your primary care physician and mental health professionals. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today for the PowerShift Mindset Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to like and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at The PowerShift Mindset. And also visit thepowershiftmindset.com. Thanks again for listening to The PowerShift Mindset.